Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree, I know something got real this week. Tell me about it. You mean besides it being the end of 2020 and me still feeling like WTF? Besides like living through a hurricane last week? Yeah, that part too. And your dog getting bit by a random bug? That swole his eye up. (laughs) Yeah, a lot happened. But you're okay. And the dog's okay. okay. I mean, (laughs) he's just back to his old thinks he runs my life self. Don't get a chihuahua dashin. They they think they're your man. Like my dog thinks he's my man, but also my child. It's a very strange <laughs> thing if you could see how he behaves. Um, but no, I mean, a lot of things got real. But I think the moment I want to talk about is actually me kicking the can on this huge all humans presentation that I wanted to do with my team mm-hmm. to have these like really glorious visions of being super far in advance with my quarterly planning, which I've never been able to do in the history of my company. And I was like, this year, 2020, I'm going to get ahead of this. Right. And I really wanted to not only get ahead of it, but really like do the like, hardcore planning thing. And so I talked to my team about it. I started doing all this different engagement, reading all the books, learning all the things, talking to all the people and really like building this thing out. But every time our all humans approached, I just felt not ready. And so for two weeks in a row, I was like, okay, We're going to have this two-hour version of a normally one-hour meeting, and it's going to be me sharing, like, our Q4 thing. Mm -hmm. And every time I got to, like, the middle of the week, I just felt like, nope. And I didn't want to do it and half-ass it or glaze over it. Mm -hmm. And so I kicked the can on it twice, Mm. and I was like, oh, we're not going to do it. It's not ready. Mm. Oh, we're not going to do it. It's not ready. And then finally... I realized that, like, I was sort of putting an arbitrary date on this, like, idea of a presentation. But what I wasn't doing was figuring out the process I needed to actually pull the vision out of myself and Mm. to think about the vision I have for the company. That's profound. Yeah. Like, I was so focused on, like, the need to do the thing that I was missing the fact that like I hadn't spent the time, I hadn't done the digging, I hadn't like there was a block to me looking at the vision I've had for the company, thinking about how we've been working to sort of bridge these sort of different product types, if bridging them is the right thing to do or not, and having some success on something that was exciting but I hadn't had the product vision for it in the way I had for our business when we were a travel experiences marketplace. And so I wanted to go into Q4 with a bigger sort of, we're doing this. These are the four things we're rolling out. That's the energy I wanted. But I realized before I could get to that energy, I had to put some shit in the oven. Yeah, you have to do the creative work first. Exactly. That unleashed a whole other load of shit because then I realized 
I don't actually have the thought partners on this creative work, which I think when you're building a team, the word that comes to mind a lot is efficiency. You think you should be hiring people to get to efficiency, to get more stuff done. Mm -hmm. But I think depending on what kind of business you have, you also need to make sure you're hiring like creative thought partners. It doesn't mean that that's their whole job, but whether they're the ops person or an engineer or whatever, like there is an element of hiring the kind of people that can be thought partners with you on bringing your vision to life. Yeah. It's really hard to do too in a small team because you don't have that much hiring firepower. You don't have that much. Everyone's doing so many things. And so usually you're optimizing for hiring people who do things that are very different than what you do because otherwise you would be doing them. I definitely felt like that many times in my journey, like the people that I've hired are people that like kind of do the opposite of what I do because that's what's needed. Mm -hmm. And then it's harder to find thought partners sometimes for certain things and people that kind of do the opposite of what you do. And the interesting thing is I always thought I was hiring for people who do the opposite of what I do. Mm -hmm. And when I was building the marketplace, that was very much it. But with the business we're building now in this third space community, that the product is both the community itself and the experience we're creating, I essentially am our product person, our marketing person, our Your designer, all of those things, our designer. Yeah. And so I do need thought partnership on the thing I'm naturally good at because the thing I'm good at in many ways is the whole business. Yeah. And you need someone to help you mold and shape and poke holes and critique. I mean, this is where I'd normally say like, isn't that what advisors are for? Because you don't need that all the time, but when you do need it, you really need it. Yes. That in theory is what our advisors are for. And that's where I had another aha moment. Like I have a formal board and none of our board, maybe with the exception of one board member, gets our community. Mm. So as much as they may have ideas and be whizzes at marketing or this and that, the level of specificity they can provide is actually not very connected. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't even really have an advisory board anymore Hmm. because I kind of, I couldn't figure out the like cadence of it now that I have an actual board of directors. So I've been thinking a lot about new structures and innovative structures. One time I thought I should maybe do like a cultural advisory board because of what we do Mm -hmm. and having sort of like people that are super connected in our space in different ways. Cause I think right now I feel like on my team and in my board, that's a pain point. And this whole moment of like kicking the can on our all humans really unlocked that I need some serious creative thought partnership. Definitely. This meeting is not about doing the meeting. 
It's about being mm-hmm. clear on the vision doing the work. and doing the work <laughs> yeah. to think about that. And I think the other part of it too is like when you're first starting your company, or at least when I first started my company, like the level of like visioning and big things, like they were endless. Like I had an endless mm-hmm. well of like cool, big oh, shit. Yeah. And you're so inspired at first and you have so much creative energy. Like I saw someone posting on Twitter this week who's starting a new thing and he was like, I'm going to like live tweet all this stuff and here's our logo and here's our mood board. And I was just like, damn, you go. And the other part of me was like, oh, isn't that quaint? I wonder how long I'll be able to keep that up for. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you with all your ideas on the internet. (laughs) Like, it is hard. Like, okay, you know, year two, year three, year 10, you know, when things that messy middle starts to happen and people also stop giving a shit in the messy middle as well. Like exactly. People love beginnings they and they do. love endings, but, oh, you're just toiling away working on this thing and it's really hard and stressful. Nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, that's what this pod is about because we do need to care and it is important and that's how things get made. And like, there's problems to fix. There's people that need help. There's stuff to deal with. And the creative work is still there, but it's like, I really need to carve out time for it, create deadlines for myself and treat it like, like the work that it is, but it's not the thing that I'm, it's different. You don't have it like spilling out of every pore of your body in the same way that you did when you first started. That's the thing I'm checking in with myself about, because I feel that Mm. part of what's happening in the beginning You're constantly like thinking and working on like the biggest version of your company. The vision. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like my company was like a year old and I was like tracking down the head of Uber Africa to do a partnership and I was relentless about it. And then I got it and we did a campaign and a whole thing across like three different countries. I had all these influencers involved and I wasn't funded yet. I didn't have a team, but somehow I got South African Airways, Radisson Blue Hotels, and Uber to do like the coolest campaign with Tastemakers Africa. And there are so many things that seem like they have to get done. And I find myself being like, where's that like, get the partnership with Uber Energy? How did I do that? Mm -hmm. I didn't have nearly the resources I have now. The challenge of getting in the murky middle as an entrepreneur is I think you get maybe a little too practical. Yeah, maybe you get a little too practical about your to-do lists and you start thinking more week to week, quarter to quarter, instead of like, I'm going to reach for the sky. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Interesting. Part of the win was like, I didn't know any better. I wasn't an entrepreneur before. Mm -hmm. I was a biologist working on a farm in Mexico. And so coming into this, I had no guardrails on how things worked and what was possible and how you're supposed to go about things. I mean, I tell the story of Eric all the time, but like, It never dawned on me that like randomly messaging the former CEO of Expedia to tell him to invest in your company wasn't a thing, but that's what I did. And I think for us in the middle, we've got to be really careful on 
how we structure our team, how we structure ourselves, how we structure our lives. Because I think as much as it is the murky middle, that spark, that ideation, that shooting as big as I can, I'm beginning to feel like that's what makes the difference between the companies that get bigger and bigger and the ones who don't. Yeah, that's a big part of the job as the CEO is to provide the vision. It's like you really have three jobs, like provide the vision, hire the best people and don't run out of money. That's it. That is the job. That is literally the job. Yeah. (laughs) And it can get tough at times when you do have to focus on the smaller pieces. Like you say, it can also get challenging simply because of like exhaustion. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a bunch of things along the journey, I think, that make it more challenging than the very beginning. But the other thing that I'd say about this is... I remember once having a conversation with a friend and his partner is a songwriter and he was talking about her work and like, oh, you know, this year's really good. Like, got to take it while it's happening because, you know, other years won't be. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, creativity isn't constant. Like, of course, some years you're going to write a bunch of platinum hits and other years you're just not. And I was like, Hmm. oh, like I'd never thought about it in those terms before that, like, of course, you can't consistently churn out great work or, you know, maybe there's a small number of people that can, but for most creative people, like the insight comes in, in bursts and flashes. And I know for me, like sometimes some weeks it feels like I get, like we move so far ahead and we get so much done, especially on the vision side or the creativity. It feels like, oh, massive breakthrough. Like we broke the back of like how we're going to handle this feature. And then other weeks, I feel like I'm just like trudging through the to-do list and trying to keep my head above water. Yeah. And it's not constant and it's not linear progress. It's like super lumpy and all over the place. It's so funny. As you were saying that, I was thinking about when I did the thread during COVID, Mm -hmm. I felt like a freaking genius. And I did not think fast forward six months that I'd be feeling like, what the hell? Like, why can't you come up with the idea Why are you struggling with the Big Bang? Like, what is going on? And I think there is pressure to, like, always be creating some shit, like, in that way, realizing that, like, I wasn't going to get in front of my team and just, like, present some shallow thing really forced me to, like, go into a different mode. And I'm still in it, honestly. But it's bringing me back to... To foundation, yeah, the beginning part of the journey. And so on the one hand, yes, recognizing like you're not going to always have the like hot fire, like it's not always going to come. But the other side of it is if there's a consistent sense that you're not having it, examining what's going on and figuring out how to create space, whether that's making sure your team is the right fit for what actually needs to happen to putting yourself in a position where, you know, you're dialing from making the band spit and hot fire again. Like these are things that need to happen. So that's my moment. Well, thank you for sharing, Sheree. I feel like we had, we had a really candid conversation just now about like some of the very real challenges. And I think it really resonated with me. And I hope it also resonated with people that are listening, which is that it's okay for it to come in, in bursts. Too. Yeah. 
You know, we can't put pressure on ourselves to be visionary every single day. That's just not, it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> It'll yeah. come back. You'll find it again. I know you. Next week, you'll be like, oh, I have the idea. This is what it's going to be. You're going to have a breakthrough. <laughs> also, as a creative person, I know that when I get super frustrated about my creativity, that's when I have the breakthroughs. Like, it takes me to getting to the point of being majorly frustrated for it to, like, come out. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own creative process. Now that you say that, <laughs> the thread came out of the Rona and me being like, I mean, well, the thread was always something I wanted to do in person, mm -hmm. but like deciding to do it virtual and like making it this whole shebang was definitely out of the like W2F am I going to do as a travel company in the Rona. So there's that. And I definitely didn't think I had an answer to it right away. Yeah. On to the record scratch. Yeah. How is it Q4? Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just like this year, like, man, this year, like 2020, whoo, it's one for the books. But like, we started October and I, I had my Q4 shit together, sent my investor update out, like had the Q4 plan for the team first week of October. But it just like, it just doesn't feel real. Like this week, I'm like scheduling meetings and planning for later October. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be November and it's the holidays. It's just going to be over like in a blink now. And we have I'm like, like 10 weeks left to 2020. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, great. I can't wait for it to be over. But also, I don't know if the end of 2020 is going to mean anything. Yeah. I don't know if anything's going to actually be over when this year ends. It's such a weird state and a weird feeling to be ending a year in. Yeah. That's my personal record scratch this week. I'm just like, how? No, time? same, same. I'm trying to figure out how October 13th has come. And I'm also a November baby. And I feel like I should get my year back. Like, I don't. I don't want to age, mm. you know, I don't feel like I've done enough in the year <laughs> to like, to be deserving of an extra uh, year on my age, but I don't think I can get around it. I think a lot of people feel like that. It's just so crazy. Like I was like, this time last year, I was two weeks away from closing my seed round and things are so different. Yeah, I remember that too, because then we met up in LA and went to Joshua Tree for your birthday. Yep. And you were just like on another level. Level. That was a real breakthrough year for you. It really, really was. Yeah. So I think I also feel like melancholy about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm like, I thought right now I'd be like gearing up for Series A in the Q1 2020. I'm basically just like starting over, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. Starting over is something we have to learn to do Yeah, a lot right now in this year. There's been so many things that I've started over on. Yeah. But anyway, in other record scratch news, I feel like I need to give a shout out to the individual who actually texted me because I put my phone number, I think. Well, it's on my profile on Trash, but I believe it's also on our website as like our support Are you line. Serious? Yeah, I think it still is. I mean, maybe we changed it to our Google Voice number, but occasionally I still get like help texts from people. Oh, this is a development. Do tell. Which I kind of don't mind getting like support texts because it's just like a good way to insert myself into the customer feedback loop mm -hmm. in a pretty funny way. And it doesn't happen all the time because most people don't find that page. But when the people do find it, it comes to my phone. Anyway, I got this really funny text this week 
actually, I will read it to you because I was so confused. It was like, um, Hannah? And I'm like, hey, who's this? Being like, I don't know, maybe I lost this person's number in my phone. (laughs) And he's like, well, you actually responded. I guess you can say I'm a dreamer. I'm a big fan of your app, Trash. And I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Oh, that's so (laughs) That's so nice. But then, but then, but then this next text... And I just thought you were really cute and decided to text you and see if you would respond. I'm Christopher. Oh, God. (laughs) Christopher. This is also our official support line. (laughs) (laughs) Dead face emoji. Anyway, I, you know, I've maintained a very professional tone and asked him if he needs some help with the app. And, um got his trash username and liked his video and that's it was just cute actually really funny it was really funny and so like shout out to the person that actually texted me from putting my number on my profile because no one else has done that for that reason (laughs) well I am laughing because that's like the cute version of a strange thing that happened to me for the five seconds I got on tinder so I got on tinder when I got here and not that I have time to do this. Yes. Not that I have time to do this, but like maybe I dream of having a social life as a founder, but only dream. Don't think that you can actually have it. Just dream about it. You can't. Let me just (laughs) underscore that real quick. So anywho, this guy, we connect on Tinder and then he's like, Oh, I Googled you. And I read some a Medium articles about your work. And I'm like, okay. Like, and in my head, I'm like, this is kind of one of those things that's like generally accepted that you do, like Google the person. But you don't normally but you don't, say so. You don't say no, it. No, you just don't. So I'm already like don't. awkward turtle. Like, what the hell? Is this LinkedIn? I don't think so. Go away. Go away. <laughs> Left swipe. Um, so it gets worse. Oh no. So I'm like, oh, I'm telling one of my friends, like, I, this is why I don't really like the whole, like, sometimes I'm like, maybe I need a fake name. Maybe I need, like, Mm. I don't like this. Like, I don't find this flattering at all. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up in the morning, I go on our Slack and we have this thing called expert requests. And it's like, if someone is like interested in a destination on our site, they're not looking to do like a group trip, but they want like a concierge kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. they can submit an expert request and we'll provide them like information Mm. or itinerary planning, all kinds of stuff like that. So anyway, this morning, our customer support lead sends me a note and says, hey, got this really weird expert request this morning. Was it you? So I go to look at it and this guy has gone to our website, filled out an expert request and is like, I'll spend $10,000. It's like a whole thing. Oh, my God. Thing. Run. Run. It's like a <laughs> date solicitation. Run the other direction so It fast. was so bad. And I was just like, what is wrong with this person? So now I have to like. You have to change your name. Block them on Tinder. Yeah. 
because I think you need to change your name. You're too famous for this shit. This is why I'm always like, I don't want to go on dating apps. The number of times I have literally only had a conversation about my job or my work or like artificial intelligence on a dating app is way higher than the number of times I have actually gone on a date with someone from a dating app. Oh my God. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. What are we doing? Why are you asking me about this stuff? Right. But I mean, it's levels. Like I heard from a friend that he went on this date once with a girl and she straight up asked him if he could help her with her resume on the date. I mean, it's New York City, so you know, whatever. People are like sharks about the transactions, but like for real. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, I am just not here for it. Mm -mm. So yeah, now this guy has to be blocked and I am further encouraged that Tinder is not the place for me. But I did have more serious, um, <laughs> more serious record scratch stuff to talk about, like the fly on Mike Pence's hair <laughs> during the Veep debate <laughs> and the internet continuing to be undefeated with the memes. Did you see the Superfly meme? No, I haven't it's seen so that good. one yet. I mean, there was so much mansplaining in that debate. Like, oh, my God. And then our damn president decides he's just not going to do a debate. Who does that? Him. He's the one that does stuff like that. Well, on the Veep debate, that was more in line with, like, what the hell these things are supposed to be like. Like, whether I thought Mike Pence answered a single question, and yes, I'm biased towards Kamala and for folks listening who are about Mike Pence, like, Sorry, not sorry. But I'm just saying, like, this is where we are. The show is not called It Just Got Politically Correct. It's called It Just Got Real. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, nope, nope, and nope. I felt like Kamala did such a good job with everything. And it was her really good blowout and eye roll action for me. And the smile. The like, I'm just going to smile at how you, ridiculous you are the whole debate. Like, I was so here for that. But I know she also had to say, like, I'm not going to let you do this thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Which is something yeah. that, like, all of us have been in the room and a part of as women. Yes, absolutely. How many times have you had to do that, right? And I was like, oh, she's so good at this because she's been doing it her whole career like the rest of us. Exactly. So anyway, I could go on and on about all things politics, as anyone that listens to the show probably knows by now, but I won't um, because we still have other things to chat about. And we should move on to culture. Let's do it. So one thing in culture moment is like an old thing, but I was digging around, crate digging for music the other week because that's one of the things that keeps me creative. And if I don't do it, then I lose some of the energy and creativity that we were talking about earlier. And somehow during the whole versus thing in June, I missed the fact that Sir covered the Isley Brothers' footsteps in the dark. Like, how come nobody told me about that? And it's like not on... Streaming services is just on YouTube and like someone put it on SoundCloud. What? But it is so damn good. Like you have to listen to this track. I mean, I love his music so much. Like his 
His album last year was my favorite album of 2019, like hands down. Okay. I mean, I love R&B and I love his style of R&B so much. Like that track about just wanting to let your hair down. Mm -hmm. That was like my theme song last year. That's how I feel all the time. Speaking of trying to go on a date without someone hitting you up about your company. Like that is what that song is about. I'm just trying to take a minute and enjoy myself here. Right. But um, yeah, that track, it just blew me away. Like, I think it's like one of the best things I've heard this year. And so I'm a major fan and it feels cool also to be a major fan of like some music that is contemporary and happening right this moment in the city that I live in, Los Angeles, which is, it's a cool connection feeling. It is pretty cool. And I think in general, LA is pretty cool right now, honestly. I mean, can't forget to talk about the Lake Show and how... Oh, yeah. I'm a New Yorker, so this is sacrilege for me to even say, so... Well, they're a very polarizing team in the first place. Let's get that out of the way. Yes. And this is It Just Got Real, not It Just Got Politically Sports Correct, so it's okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was But of course, good. we're talking about the Lakers game for all of those you might not have clued in by now. But... um yeah, there were so many fireworks here the other day. Oh. I had to put a thunder vest on my dog for oh, the very first time. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah, it did. Oh. He really calmed down after I put it on. I was like, damn, this little jacket thing like does the job. And I, apparently there were also like riots downtown as well, <sighs> which I did not realize until I listened to the news the next morning. But mm. the thing about it that I think is worth mentioning on our culture segment is just like how... We really need stories right now. And there was a great piece in The Atlantic about this this week that clearly some editor had worked really hard on and published the minute the championship was won. But like with Hollywood shut down, there's just so few stories in our lives to band around. And this was like a very charged story and Mm. a very polarizing team. Like you either love them or the hate you hate them, I think. And um, and of course, with Kobe's passing earlier this year, like it was really they were just like the right team to win. Yeah. Kind of like this was like the ending everybody needed. And that's not even, that's not even scratching the surface of all the other things that have been going on with the NBA as well this year. Yeah. I mean, the NBA has out of the whole sport franchise, like they're the only people that feel like they're living in the world with the rest of us, to be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think LeBron has been out front and I am a New Yorker. But I can very much feel and understand that we needed a moment where things were aligned in a good way. With Kobe passing, obviously this does nothing to like replace that. But I think there is a full circle sensibility around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about the comparisons between LeBron And Kobe just being like high school basketball prodigies, like Mm -hmm. the whole situation. It's like closure. And that's something that this article pointed out as well as like sports. There's a very clear winner and loser in sports. It's like very well-defined endings to things. And in this year where it feels like, like we were talking about earlier, constant new beginnings, but like no endings. Mm. I think people really needed an ending. They really needed closure. And I mean, even just to get there, it was such a Herculean effort. Like there was a point when it seemed like the NBA would never be able to continue finish playing. And yeah, shout out to them for like acting like proper adults and figuring this COVID situation out because they definitely 
like not just are they living on our in our world like you mentioned but also they're like doing the things and and adulting hard and getting tested and yeah. and being real about it and like protecting themselves and none of the other major like the NFL and the MLB haven't figured that they sure out. haven't because so. I feel like every day <laughs> yeah sheesh yeah so it was a feeling to be here in LA for that moment and like a feeling of connectedness to the city mm. that I haven't felt the entire time that I've been living here because LA is already a pretty like private, spread out. You're kind of like everyone's in their own bubble or like, you know, AKA their car. Right. Um, <laughs> like, right. It's already a very isolating place. And so then when you put COVID, the blanket of COVID on top of a place that's already quite isolated, there's not a lot that like gives you a feeling of connectivity to the city like yeah. that sort of like fabric and like strong tissue the way that you get in New York or even other places especially outside of your own neighborhood like i think you feel it in your neighborhood but you don't really feel it with the city at large and yeah. la also feels like just a collection of neighborhoods that are like happen to be in a pile together like mm -hmm. you don't really have anything in common with the neighborhood you don't live in yeah and i also love like knowing that you are nobody's basketball fan, but it could <laughs> bring that to you. Like, that's yeah, kind of I mean, like, come on. I support the Raptors, obviously. There's no question I there. Mean, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, when in Rome, right? Like, <laughs> it was hard not to ignore what was going on. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I think in a year that feels like it's just going to end but not like it's going to close, that win in many ways is something we can all celebrate for sure. Should we take it away? I think we should take it away. Cool. So, Sheree, coming back to the vision and kicking the can on your, on your all-humans meeting, what are the big takeaways? Number one is definitely no one can be clear if you aren't. Mm. And I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but I think yeah, you have. it really spills down to like every area of your life, like even outside of the company you're trying to build. The need to be in inertia, like the need to sort of do the things at the time you're supposed to do the things. And I do think getting into that rhythm is really important. But on the other side, like don't do things that you don't have conviction around because without conviction, you're going to waver. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really important to get clear and to get conviction around what you're doing. And that's how other people get behind you. Yeah. Whether it's your team, your investors, even your family, everyone can read when you're not clear. And so if you have to pause, if you have to ask for more time, if you have to be a little bit behind the eight ball, I think doing that and getting to clear is still better than anything else. The outcomes are more important than the outputs. Yep. Like the vision for your company and what you do next is more important than the damn meeting. Absolutely. At the same time, I think this idea of like making sure you create time for things to bake is really important. And I think that's how you get to being able to align clarity, conviction, and timing, mm. because there is sort of a cadence you need, whether it's reporting out to your board yeah. or giving your team stuff. Like, So I don't say like I kick the can in a way that's like celebrate kicking the can, but it, it's in a way to acknowledge that like as a leader, 
you do really need to create the time Mm -hmm. to like add the ingredients together, stir Mm -hmm. them, taste (laughs) it, make sure the batter is good, put it in the oven, make sure it rises at the like, check it, eat the first slice of cake. Like you need to do all of those things and you have to create space for it. There's a real creative incubation period. Yeah. Like, that stuff, it doesn't just pop out. It's not like the, my metaphor was always one of like storms. Like you don't just get struck by a bolt of lightning one day and be like, I have an idea. Like you have to let the sky get like dark and stormy and yeah. swirl around a little bit and like live in that swirl and like feel it. And then it happens. Yeah. I love that you have a baking metaphor and mine is like a <laughs> nature metaphor. It's kind of so apropos perfect. though for who we are. It's, it's kind of makes sense. I mean, for people mm-hmm. listening, you know, me and my bacon shows. So I haven't even gotten to watch it this week with the new host or anything. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I do have one last takeaway. And I think it is the most important out of all of these things. And it's even when you're in the murky middle and you're not like just starting out, it's really important not to stop thinking and working in the background on the biggest version of your company. Mm-hmm. You have to always be having a Hail Mary thing that you're doing as CEO. Yes. If you don't, you are going to be pissed when some little company with less money and less connections and less time at it, but more gumption than you, crushes it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that we remind ourselves that we're supposed to be growing, at least at the startup world, 10 times faster than the average company. And you don't get there by like living in your like day-to-day to-do list. No. You have to sort of think about what is that thing you're going to quarterback that's like unheard of, that the world is going to say, how the hell did they do that? Mm-hmm. For me, that's going to be like my new mantra. Like, once a quarter, at least, what's my Hail Mary? Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that also remind you of your greatness as a leader and of like your ability to like be transcendent. Pull and off I, some crazy yeah, stuff. I think you got to mm-hmm. try those things. And so I just encourage everyone to like tackle something every quarter, every month if you can, that feels impossible. And do your darndest to make it possible for you. I love that. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. And you can listen to us on all the places that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Even now they've got a thing. All the places. If you want to leave us feedback or ask a question, we are available at GotRealPod on Twitter, Instagram. Or, you know, if you want to text me and tell me... (laughs) And ask for a date. (laughs) Just kidding. But actually, if you do enjoy this show, please do drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, as always, we love it when you rate and review us because that's how other people can find this knowledge that we are giving away. And we think we're giving away some pretty good knowledge. So do that next time with stars. Just, you know, yes, that would be wonderful. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.